Obviously. from this valuable believe that will be a help and a blessing to you. Uh, but I would encourage you to uh, sit down and, and read Psalm 25 and even meditate on it and think about it and see what things that you can get out of it for yourself uh, because there is a lot in this psalm and, uh, and it's a great psalm. Psalm chapter number 25 and verse number 8, we'll start there. Psalm 25 and verse number 8. The Bible says, Good and upright is the Lord, therefore will he teach sinners in the way. The meek will he guide in judgment, and the meek will he teach his way. All the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. And uh, let's stop right there and let's have a word of prayer. Father, we thank you. For your goodness to us, we thank you for your word. Father, thank you for uh, the, the word of God that we can study, God, that we can hold in our hands, we can take home, we can have with us in all places. And God, what a true blessing that is uh, to have access to the word of God. God, I pray that you would just uh, use me. I pray, Father, that you would speak through me. I pray, Father, that you would encourage and bless each and every person, Father, and we'll certainly thank you for that. In Jesus' precious name we pray. Amen. As we look at this passage, uh, there, there's a lot to be said in this psalm. Really, it's broken up into two 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 types of verses that, that really run throughout the psalm. You have prayers that he is making, uh, and as you see the first six or seven verses, uh, it becomes real evident that those are prayers, uh, but then it's intermingled in, in there, uh, like verse 8, where we picked up their meditations, or I put down ponderings, on the Lord. And, uh, and so I want to look at those, uh, the meditation on the Lord in this psalm, and not so much the prayers that were prayed. And, uh, and I believe that'll be a help and a blessing to you. Charles Spurgeon, in his Treasury on David, notes this. He says, this has been styled the second of the seven penitential psalms. Uh, it is the mark of a true saint that his sorrows remind him of his sins and his sorrow for sin drives him to his God. There's three verses specifically that deal with sin uh, in Psalm 25. Psalm 25 verse 7 says, Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Verse number 11 says, For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. Verse number 18 says, Look upon mine affliction and my pain, and forgive all my sins. And, uh, and so it's a, a, song, uh, a psalm rather of uh, penitent. That would be a sorrow because of sin, or repentance because of sin. And... Uh, and so we see that uh, throughout this psalm, and I just wanted to note that. Also, in regard to Psalm 25, uh, it's noted that the, first, that, that the 22 verses of this psalm begin in the original, uh, the Hebrew Bible, with the letters of the Hebrew alphabet in their proper order. Now, you obviously will not see that in English, because the first one doesn't say A, uh, and the second one doesn't say B, okay? Uh, you would have to know the Hebrew alphabet, in order to see that. I didn't know that before, uh, but I do know, um, I was talking to somebody on, on Sunday and uh, talking about the book of Psalms, and Psalm 119 has the entire uh, Hebrew alphabet in it. 
Uh, and so the first, every set of eight verses then starts with uh, that alphabet. For example, the first eight verses start with Aleph. That's the first uh, letter in the Hebrew alphabet. That's all I know. I don't know any more than that. That's, that's the extent of my Hebrew. Uh, but, uh, but Psalm 25, uh, each verse then would start with uh, uh, the letter and it would just go in alphabetical order and cover the entire Hebrew alphabet. I just thought I'd point that out in case you're ever on Jeopardy and, uh, and need to answer a question like that, all right? Uh, it is fascinating. It's interesting. And, uh, and I just thought it would be helpful to know. And I want you to notice this. Before, yet before we get into the meditations, you cannot, uh, in this psalm, you cannot meditate on God's goodness without first dealing with your own sin. Uh, he, he points that out in verse number seven. He, he's grieved by his sin. He says, remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake Oh, Lord. And uh, listen, if we're going to meditate on God, if we're going to think on God, then we must confront our own sins in our life, uh, because if not, they will cloud our thoughts. Uh, they, will, they, will, they will cause our thoughts to not be right. Here's two verses uh, that'll just help you uh, in dealing with our own sin. Uh, I love verse, uh, this verse in Proverbs 28, 13. The Bible says this, He that covereth his sins shall not prosper, but whoso confesseth and forsaketh them shall have mercy. Uh, what a great verse. And then 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And so I'm just saying that we cannot maintain sins in our life and meditate on God. Those two things will not go together. Uh, when your thoughts are turned to God, then your sin is going to be exposed. Isaiah chapter 6 uh, he has a vision of God, and he sees God in his holiness. And immediately after, he says, Woe am I, for I am a man of unclean lips, and you cannot be in the presence of God and meditate on God without being confronted with your own sin. And so I just want to point that out and understand that that is a preliminary to the meditation that comes uh, as the psalmist starts to ponder and meditate on God. So look with me in verse number 8. That's all by way of introduction. At verse number 8, we get into the meditation. And I want you to notice this. Uh, I want you to notice the Lord's person in verse number 8. He says, good and upright is the Lord. Good and upright is the Lord. Good means uh, possessing moral excellence or virtue. Uh, listen, there is no one of greater moral character and excellence than God. Uh, you take the greatest man, and, and there are some good men. There are some good moral men. Uh, but listen, when you put them beside God, they don't hold a candle to God. Because God's goodness and God's moral character and God's excellency is far superior to anything that is on earth, that there is no comparison whatsoever. And the psalmist is making it clear that God, good and upright is the Lord. Hey, we need to remember that God is good. Uh, sometimes 
we're tempted to complain. And sometimes we think that God treats us unfairly. And sometimes we think, well, God hasn't done this or done that. Hey, we better be careful. The Bible says when, when Job lost everything, I love this, it says he did not charge God foolishly. We ought to be very careful about what we say. We ought to be very careful about what we think of God. We ought to be very careful that we don't uh, foolishly charge God or accuse God of not being good or not being just or not being fair to us because God is good. And the Bible says that uh, good and upright is the Lord. Think about how good God is uh, in this. Jesus said this in Luke 19.10, uh, For the Son of Man is come to seek and to save that which was lost. Boy, when you start to think about salvation, and you start to think about the fact that Jesus Christ left heaven and he came to earth and he did it because he loved us and he cared about us and he said, hey, I want to save that which is lost. I want to save mankind. Boy, that's, that's a good definition of good. That's a good definition of goodness and graciousness and, and love and compassion. Uh, I'm reminded of John 3, 17. Uh, the, the Bible says, For God sent not His Son into the world to condemn the world, um, but that the world through Him might be saved. Uh, and He desired goodness for us. And we're talking about the fact that uh, good and upright is the Lord. And, uh, and listen, certainly in Him coming to our aid and helping us, that's a good thing. Um, just yesterday, was it yesterday? It was, today, it was yesterday. Uh, the, the FedEx driver stopped in and uh, had a delivery and, and, uh, and, and he just, he walked in the office and he said, I got delivery. And he said, you know, before I do this, he said, I I want to commend your church. I'm like, okay. Um, he said, he said a, a young man and two ladies stopped and, and helped me jump, jump start my car. And they said they were from Anchor Baptist Church. And he said, he said I just appreciated that. I, I thought, well, that was nice. And Preston come running out of the office. He was like, that was me. And, uh, and he started talking to the fella. And, and, uh, and, and so I thought, boy, you know, that's good. You know, when you stop and you help people, um, people are like, well, they're impressed by that. Why? Because that's good nature. Hey, listen, think about how good God is to us in that he helped us out of our horrible pit, out of our horrible estate of being lost, and he saved us. And as the psalmist said in another part, that he set our feet on a solid foundation on a rock. Praise the Lord for that. And I'm just saying, hey, as he's shown goodness to us, may we show goodness to other people as well. And there's something to that. Uh, good and upright is the Lord. And it, the Bible talks about that. Notice the second part of that verse in verse number 8. The Bible says, Therefore will He teach sinners in the way. Not only is God good, but God is a guide as well. Man, there's just something about the fact that God is willing to guide and to help sinners. That would be me. That would be you. And, and for me, it's humbling to think that God himself would say, hey, I will instruct you in life. Man, what an incredible opportunity that we have. I, I went to 
Israel in, in November, obviously, and, and, uh, and we had a guide. And I tell you what, I was grateful for that guy. This is not the first time I've ever toured stuff. I, I've been on tours before, but, uh, but I tell you what, there's nothing quite like having somebody uh, who knows the way around and, and he knew where to take us. He knew all the places and they give us a brief rundown on the history and, and, and he would just, he would guide us through all of those places and tell us all of those things. Man, you think about the work that God does in our life and how he goes with with us throughout all the difficulties and some of the hardships that we face. I've heard it said, I've said it myself many a time, I truly do not know how lost people bump their way through the world and through life in all of the hardships without a guide like God. We hold on to the hand of God. And listen, He guides us through those hardships. He guides us through those troublesome waters. He's with us in those storms. Uh, yes, he allows storms to come in our life, and, and, and he allows our faith to grow and be expanded. But listen, he's guiding us constantly in the way. And, uh, and praise the Lord, the Bible says there, therefore, why? Because good and upright is the Lord, therefore will he teach sinners in the way. And listen, he's willing to help us and grow us and that we could learn from him. And listen, he wants us to grow. Look at the next verse, verse 9. The meek will he guide in judgment and the meek will he teach in his way. Listen, God wants to teach us. God wants to guide us. And, uh, and he wants us to, uh, to, to learn. The meek uh, would be humbly or, or somebody that's not easily uh, provoked and, and somebody that's, uh, I've often heard it defined as uh, not weakness, but, but strength, but under control. And, and, uh, and listen, God says, hey, you don't have to be weak to follow God. Sometimes people think, well, you know, the Christians, well, they use God as a crutch and uh, they're all weak people. No, that's... That's, that's not true at all. Uh, matter of fact, God says right here, hey, the meek, if you are strong and, and you're willing to follow God and you're willing to be under control, then hey, he will willingly teach you and guide you in this life. And what a wonderful verse as the psalmist is meditating on God and, and he's meditating on the Lord's person and how God is good and how God will guide us and praise the Lord for the help that he provides us. Not only the Lord's person, but I want you to notice in verse number 10, the Lord's path. He says there in verse number 10, all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimony. Mercy is that benevolence, mildness, or tenderness of heart which disposes a person to overlook injuries. And it says that, that all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. And, and listen, uh, as we think about God's mercy, we ought to be grateful for, for God's mercy, because in reality, mercy, I've always heard it defined this way, that, uh, that you're not getting what you deserve. That's mercy. In other words, we deserve punishment. 
we deserve to be punished for our sin. Uh, and God is saying, hey, listen, um, the path of the Lord are uh, mercy and truth. In other words, hey, uh, I will forgive. Uh, I will be merciful. You count how many times the word mercy shows up in this chapter. It's several times. Look with me back in verse number six as he's praying. Uh, he says, remember, O Lord, thy tender mercies and thy lover, loving kindness, for they have been ever of old. He goes on in verse number seven. Remember not the sins of my youth, nor my transgressions. According to thy mercy, remember thou me for thy goodness sake, O Lord. Listen, God is so good in that he's merciful, that he does forgive. And that, uh, that, that he, he's willing to uh, forgive us for our sins. His paths are mercy, but not just mercy, and truth. Truth is fact and reality. It is true that God is merciful, benevolent, kind, and nice, and willing to forgive sin, uh, but he isn't fictitious about sin. He doesn't pretend it doesn't exist. He doesn't just say, well, you know, we'll just overlook all of that. No, he doesn't do that. He deals with the sin. And he says, the truth of the matter is that you have sinned. The truth of the matter is that we have made mistakes. We have transgressed. We have disobeyed the word of God. And so he handles it with mercy and truth, not just saying, well, you know, we'll just pretend like it doesn't exist. No, in a truthful, factual matter, he addresses that sin. And that is why Jesus Christ came and died on the cross. Because of our sin, because we couldn't we could not pay for our own sins penalty and God could not allow it to go unchecked uh, because God is just like he's merciful. He's also truthful. He's also uh, full of, of justice. And so therefore, sin had to be dealt with and sin had to be paid for. And therefore, Jesus Christ died on the cross and took our sins and all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. The words mercy and truth often go together in scripture and, and truth often refers to the word of God. And Psalm 119 verse 105 says, Thy word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. Not only does God guide us with his person of the Holy Spirit that indwells us and says, Hey, you need to do this and you need to go this way and you need to live right and you need to walk right. But listen, he's left us the word of God that maps out the path for our life and where we should go. And it lights the way for us and says, Hey, this is the right way. This is the direction to go. And the psalmist is meditating not only about the Lord's person, but just as much about the, the Lord's path and that he would have us to take and how he would have us to walk in our life. And listen, we ought to be following the Lord's path because he says there in verse 10, all the paths of the Lord are mercy and truth unto such as keep his covenant and his testimonies. The Lord's path is very clear there. Not only that, but I want you to notice in verse number 11, he says this, For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is great. 
Not only can we see the Lord's person that he's meditating on and he's thinking about how good God is and he's thinking about the path of God and how it's merciful and it's truthful. And now he's looking at uh, the, the Lord's pardon in verse number 11. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity. He says at the last part, for it is great. We must recognize our sin as, as serious. So many times we, uh, we like to categorize things, well, it's not really that big of a deal. Well, it is a big deal to God. Um, all things are, are, are important. And, and, we, and the psalmist here felt a heavy consequence of sin in his life. And listen, the reality is, the Bible is very clear that sin has a way of bogging down our life. The Bible says in Hebrews chapter 12, go with me to Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1. Hebrews 12, 1. Save your spot there in Psalm 25 as we'll be back there. Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 1. And we know these verses, they're familiar to us, but it's good to be reminded of them. Hebrews chapter 12, verse number 1, the Bible says, Therefore, seeing we also, we also are compassed about with so great a cloud of witnesses, let us lay aside every weight and the sin which doth so easily beset us, and let us run with patience the race that is set before us. And listen, the reality is that sin will bog us down. The psalmist in Psalm 25 and verse 11, he said, for it is great. It is definitely in reference to his sin. He felt like his sin uh, was a serious infraction against God. We don't know uh, what the problem was. We're not clear on what, uh, when, when the scope of this psalm was written. But we do know this. The psalmist felt like it was important, like it was a problem between him and God. Listen, we ought to feel like our sin is a problem between us and God. Whether it's large or small, it always ought to be considered a serious thing between God. We have got to recognize it because it is a weight uh, and it is something that will easily beset us and derail us. I've, I've preached against liquor before and preached against drinking. And, and, and you know how you don't you know how you don't become an alcoholic? Don't touch it. If you don't start, if you don't touch one drop, you'll never become an alcoholic. You know, where's the line? Draw the line there. Just don't. And listen, that's true for all sin. Uh, if you treat all sin, well, it's just a little thing. No, listen, it's a gateway to a problem that will cause you to fall in your Christian life. And we ought to be careful of sin in our life. And the psalmist here, he's saying, listen, it is great. He's talking about his transgression. Go back with me to Psalm 25 and verse number 11. For thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity, for it is is great and we need to see our sin as something that is a problem or we will not deal with it. And so we find that the psalmist sees that it is a great sin. And listen, I love this. And he says in verse number 11, for thy name's sake, O Lord, pardon mine iniquity. Isn't it good that God forgives sin? That's, we're back to the person of God. God is a good person. God is upright. 
because he does forgive sin. He does pardon. Uh, he does give us a great forgiveness. And, and praise the Lord for that. And, and we notice there the psalmist says in verse number 11, because of his great name. Do you know what? It just makes God that much greater because he does forgive us and he will pardon us. And we see the Lord's pardon as the psalmist meditates on God's pardon. The psalmist meditates on the Lord's person. The psalmist meditates on the Lord's path. The psalmist meditates on the Lord's pardon. I want you to notice this in verse number 13, and I love this. The Bible says there in verse number 13, His soul shall dwell at ease. Think about that for a moment. His soul shall dwell at ease. When you first read that, you think, man, that means we're going to be living in luxury. That's really not what at ease means. <laughs> we tend to think that because that's kind of our mindset and our idea that, hey, we're, we're living at ease, then uh, that would be luxury. No, but living at, at, at ease uh, just simply means rest. But I want you to notice the words that are involved there. The Bible says there in verse number 13, his soul. The soul speaks of an eternal being. It speaks of who we really are uh, on the inside. And it's saying that his soul shall dwell at ease. In other words, hey, there is nothing like the peace that God can provide for the Christian. There is nothing like it. And I'm telling you, the world, again, the world, they run around and they seek that peace, but they will never find it outside of God. And the psalmist here says, hey, listen, when I've contemplated and meditated on the person of God, and I've meditated on the path of God, and I've realized the pardon of God, hey, listen, then comes that peace of God that floods my soul. Because I know that I'm good with God, and God is good with me, because I've got things straight with Him. And there's a peace that we can have in our soul that only comes from God. We see the soul, he says there in verse number 13, his soul, not only this, the Bible says, shall dwell. Dwell means it speaks of a long time frame, not a short time. You're going to be there for a while. That you can have peace that is, that is long lasting. It's not a short and temporal peace. It's not a peace that will last for a day, but it is a, it is a peace that you can dwell in with God. He says, his soul shall dwell at ease. And listen, God can provide peace for our life. I've, even in hardships, even in struggles, you say God can provide ease and, and peace in those hardships? Oh yeah, I've seen it done many a time. And, and, and God has been so good to us. And, and the psalmist, these, that's just a few verses, I don't know what we cover, four or five verses in, in this psalm where the psalmist is meditating and he's thinking about God. You know, I love, it's a psalm of David. It says so there in the, in the first part. You know, I think of David... I think when he was a shepherd setting out in the field, and, and I think of him all the time just sitting there watching the sheep, and I think of him just meditating on God, thinking about God. And so many times I think in my life, I know you probably have plenty of time, but in my life, I just get too busy to meditate and think about God. 
And the psalmist here, he just stops. And he focuses and he meditates and he thinks about the person of God, the path of God, the pardon of God, and the peace of God. And, and, and it just kind of is a full step process. And, and I could just see him sitting out there watching the sheep, thinking to himself, God has been so good to me. And that's why he wrote all these psalms. Because he just sat there and thought about God in the fields. He meditated. He dwelt upon God. He spent time reading the word of God. I've brought it out before and I will again in the future. But I know David didn't have the whole Bible. He didn't have the New Testament. Uh, he didn't have the book of Psalms. He didn't have the book of Proverbs. He didn't probably have half of the prophecies that were written. Um, he had probably those first five books of the Bible. Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. Maybe he had a little more. I don't know. But I'm just saying he didn't have much. Oh, and we have, we have way more that he had. We have way more information about God. And we ought to meditate. We ought to focus on who God is and how good God is to us and the path that he gives us and the pardon and the peace that he gives us and really understand that God is so good. That song, you almost can't help but think of it when you think of this message, God is so good. And God truly is good to us. And he really has blessed us. Let's stand to our feet and let's just sing that little chorus. God is so good. And then we'll have a word of prayer and then we'll have a short invitation. But as we sing the song, think about God. Think about how good he is. Why don't you sing that chorus with me? God is so good. God 